Welcome everybody to another episode of the Nerd Continuity where we talk about design, development and all other crazy sorts of stuff that we find online. Basically, the Nerd Continuity is your weekly nerdy tech updates. And it's awesome, or I hope it will be. Anyway, if you're watching or if you're listening this stuff on YouTube, you will notice something different. There's my face on the screen. We don't have anymore the usual standard featured image of the title of the Nerd Continuity. It's just like one hour me talking about nonsense and other things that you probably don't care. Um, I decided to change a little bit the format of the Nerd Continuity because I really love talking about stuff. I really love like hearing my voice. Probably you hate it, but it's fine, it doesn't matter, I know I'm alone, it's, it's all good. But anyway, I asked the other day on my social network, like on Twitter and Facebook, if you guys actually like the Nerd Continuity Podcast, if you watch it, if you enjoy it, and if I should change it in a different way, if I should do something different. And the standard feedback, or like the most common feedback that I received was related to the fact that Yes, it's interesting, it's like really great topics of everything I talk about is really interesting, but it's sometimes because I'm talking about news related to web and tech and updates and code, it's hard to follow, especially just like the audio version, just as a simple podcast. So I decided to try something new. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if this is gonna be super awkward or super weird, but it's the first time that I'm trying this, so, Bear with me, I hope you enjoy it. And of course, if you don't like this format, let me know in the comment below with like thumbs down or just like insults, just like whatever you want. Anyway, this new episode is gonna focus of course on a series of different topics and different arguments about web and technology, but I will be assisted by the actual news that I'm referring to. And I will give you also examples and I will show you Previous, if I talk about some specific software or some specific updates in coding languages, I will try to give you a preview and show you what I'm actually talking about. So the video will alternate between different screens. The first one, that it's me talking to the camera on the computer and sometimes I look it down because I'm looking at the screen and not at the camera. I know it's super awkward, but for sure I'm gonna forget to look at the camera, so I'm so sorry. The second screen is Still me, but in the corner, less intrusive, and at least it's not gonna be really awkward for me just talking to an empty web page or just like be super weird. And you can watch me move my hands around because I gesticulate a lot, like every Italian in the world, we cannot stay put with our hands. We don't know what to do with our hands, so we have to describe every word with our hands. But anyway, let's get started. First news, it's related to WordPress, our beloved WordPress. And WordPress is gonna release, um, the developers of WordPress are gonna release the new version, the 4.5, in a couple of days, or at least this is the roadmap, the project schedule related to WordPress 4.5. The code name, I don't think they released yet, but it's scheduled to be released on April 12, 2016, so, Two days from now, I'm recording this video on April 10, so most likely we're gonna have something on Tuesday or Wednesday maybe of this upcoming week. And this 4.5 version, as usual, is gonna be awesome because it's gonna be full of new updates and new stuff. And we're gonna talk about these new most 
important updates in my opinion i'm not gonna list the entire uh, schedule of updates or bug fixes or deprecated function i'm gonna just tackle a bunch of uh, simple arguments and simple topics that i think are really interested in a developer point of view i'm gonna give you a little bit of insight that in my opinion is where like where wordpress is going and why all these updates are related to a bigger plan that it's under the hood on wordpress and i think it's gonna happen soon in future versions. But let's take a look. So first of all, we have the new script language to enqueue a script uh, called WP add inline script. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Like usually before to add an inline script, we were forced to use WP enqueue style and not, and just putting the URL of the style, for example, the Google, uh, jQuery CDN, you were forced just to put these entire Ajax stuff like that, and then using QScript on QStyle if it was, for example, the Booster CSS. But if you wanted to use an external script or write an inline script, for example, a JavaScript function inline or a CSS declaration inline to override something specific, it was pretty impossible. Well, you were forced to do it with an echo and echo the script opening tags and then the actual script of JavaScript or CSS, whatever. Now with this function, the WP add inline script, we can actually add inline script from the backend, from the functions.php file or from uh, one of our custom functions. So we are not forced anymore to manually and actually write inline code. This is great because inline code, writing and printing inline code from a file, it's a sort of small security issue. With this WP add inline script, we will be able to manage all this stuff automatically with a super cleaner code. And I'm really excited about this. I can't wait to, to try it. Actually, I already installed the release candidate on my development environment. I tested it out, it works perfectly, no problem. And it's just like, so great, so good. The second update that I want to talk to you about is the customizer. And this is related to the more deep arguments that I want to share with you. The customizer is the screen that you access when you want to uh, check a preview of a theme. Let me give you an example. So if I access my website in my WP admin, and of course, all this stuff is going to be cut out because I don't want to show you my username or password. If we go in the back end and we access the customizer, the uh, link that you find in the appearance menu and customize, you will notice that here, the more we go on with WordPress versions and the more we uh, receive updates and releases, the more stuff get added to this section. So basically at the beginning, this customizer was just a simple screen where you were able to just see the preview of the theme and not interact at all. Right now, you can do much more. You can change options on the fly. You can replace the front page. You can change the widgets if you have the sidebar with the widget and readapt stuff. And every time you adapt something, this section is updated. 
but right now the customizer doesn't update completely so sometimes if you change the widgets or you change some more core options of the the theme you have to manually save close the customizer reopen it and check it and that's why most of the time I don't use the customizer I just use directly the live site or the dev site and I check the front end but now the customizer they will add this new function that is the framework for selective refresh so every time you update something or you update something more deeply integrated inside WordPress like the entire uh, structure of the widgets or you create a new sidebar and you start adding stuff to the sidebar or you change the navigation automatically the entire customizer will recognize this and will reload the entire section this is great it's gonna give us a lot of good and it's gonna give us a lot of help but it's gonna give like I think not really developers but i think users that they have a lot of options to customize the theme if of course they use a good theme that can be customized if the customizer can adapt itself it can refresh itself entirely to accept whatever option or whatever updates is going to be way easier and way better also something new in the customizer that i didn't notice until now if before you were able to just actually take a look at the page that you were checking. So the front page in this example. Now, instead, if you click on a link inside the customizer, you notice that the customizer is actually redirecting the page that you selected. It's actually, you're navigating, you're browsing your website inside the customizer. And this is amazing. You can stay customized and update everything inside the customizer without getting out and checking all your pages and it's actually pretty fast if we consider that it's an iframe that it's loading external codes and it's loading your all your external libraries that you're using or your css javascript and other, like maybe external repositories that you're con that are connected to your theme everything inside in within the administration panel of wordpress with the ability to update dynamically all this information and it's it's pretty great it's pretty awesome if you want to know more about the upcoming version of WordPress 4.5 you should check this really great article that I found on wpbeginner.com where they list the most relevant updates something that it's not like uh, under the hood or like hide it the most notable things that you will notice so the majority of these updates are related and connected to the customizer so you will notice here we will have the ability to upload a custom logo to add in whatever section we can add the new theme support option to activate a custom logo we have more improvements to the visual editor so if you notice here we have this nice gif preview where you can create an inline link to a specific word before it was like the pop-up opening it was kind of okay like worked we have uh, improvement in the sort of markup style of code. So you can write actual markup and the system will format in real time your uh, text. And going on, we have more improvements on moderation comment, responsive preview of the customizer. Another thing amazing of the customizer, now you will be able to click the icons to simulate a responsive environment. So before we, we were used to do this 
to check if a website was responsive. Now, with the customizer, we will have at the bottom the option to switch between screens. So have a desktop, tablet or smartphone preview. Something really similar to the inspector of uh, Google Chrome, where you can activate the device mode preview and here you have the options to customize the type of device. You can, of course, manually rearrange this window and change the different resolution or you can select a pre-built resolution, for example, the iPhone 5, the screen will resize to iPhone 5 and you have also the interactivity of a real like touch environment that's why the icon changes from a cursor to a sort of like finger pointer so it's simulating the fact that you have to drag and drop like swipe down to scroll and it reacts to your interaction it doesn't exist any rollover so hopefully they will integrate this stuff of the google chrome inspector inside the customer that will be really amazingly helpful but anyway after all these updates and the fact that they're changing a lot of stuff i noticed since the release of the latest updates that i don't know i'm i'm noticing things since I think version 4 or version 3.9 where things really starting started to kick off for the customizer that we're having um, all the developers are focusing more with the customizer they created the customizer API they kind of stopped developing the settings API and if you notice um, on my tutorials on the sunset on the premium theme tutorial I'm using the settings API to create a custom section where you can update stuff Basically, all these things are going to be, I'm not saying deprecated, I'm not saying outdated or not used anymore, but it looks like, in my opinion, the developers of WordPress are focusing to boost the option of the customizer to give you the ability to do everything with the customizer API. So if you have an admin section, instead of having an administration section in your admin area inside the WordPress panel, you're gonna have the admin section here, inside the customizer here. And if you wanna edit option, you can access this option, edit, and reflect directly in your front end whatever options you updated. This, I think, is a direct competition to the most used and maybe famous plugins of WordPress. And if you notice, one of the, I don't know, one of the weakness of WordPress is the visual editor. So if you have a page that is not just a page of text and you want to create a little bit of structure and you want to have columns or you want to have a specific design for a specific page or you ask a developer to create custom fields or use a plugin like advanced custom fields to create the structure of the page or you use a visual editor like Beaver editor or Site Origin plugin, but you use a third-party plugin to extend the functionalities of the editor and not having just text or just like, yeah, text images, but you can actually write or customize HTML on the fly in real time. And in my opinion, that's what happened. That's what's happening on WordPress with WordPress. They're pushing the customizer API to be more and more powerful 
and give and, and to give the users and developers the ability to customize in real time what they see on the front end. So I'm seeing that sort of like merging of the back end and the front end to have everything in one place. And I'm I will not be surprised if in the future, I think like five years, six years, maybe more, maybe less, I don't know, this look will be the new look of the WordPress admin panel. We won't have any more the old administration panel. We will have all the options in floating containers on top of the front end. So we will not have any more a disconnected experience between back end and front end. Every time we want to update something, we will do everything directly on the front end. And this is amazing. I can't wait to, to do that. I'm, I'm starting recently to um, experiment with the customizer API and they're really powerful. They're really like limited in a way that they, they look like a new product and of course they're new. They, they, they don't have the same functionality or the same expandability or scalability of the settings API, but they're getting there really quickly and they look amazing. They're really more streamlined, they're quicker, and they give you a lot of more front-end options without you without the, the developer, like the need of the developer to code a lot of stuff to create a sort of nice experience in the back end. You have directly the front end where you can work on it and it's just amazing. So that's, these are my like two cents about the future of WordPress. Let me know what you think. Like, do you like where WordPress is going? It's focusing a lot on the customizer API or you would like to see something completely different or updates related to something completely different. So let me know and move on to the next topic. The other really great news that actually it's a news from March 15, but I didn't, um, I didn't talk about this because it's a pretty like fresh news and it's not, it's not that you can use this product right away. Yeah, we still have to wait three months, but at least Affinity Designer, it's coming to Windows. And if you don't know, Affinity Designer is a software only for Mac, for OS X, that you can download only from the App Store, not even just like a separated or independent program that you can download. But Affinity Designer, it's amazing. It's great. In my opinion, for a a software that it's a version 1.4, 1.4, it's like two years old or even less. I don't, I, I don't really know, but it's super young. It's way better than Adobe Illustrator. And I'm talking just like merely vector graphic. I'm not talking about designing websites or photo retouching or painting or stuff. I'm talking about just vector graphic, graphic for vector shapes and is just amazing, super fast, it's super well integrated with the software, with the environment of your, of course, machine. It works perfectly with the machine and I never experienced anything better for like, really, for like vector graphics. It's just so good and I'm really happy that Affinity is coming to Windows because it's good competition. This is great competition for Adobe that, in my opinion, they're being a, a bit slacker, like they've been on top of the industry a little bit too much and they relaxed. They, they, I don't know, 
it's just my impression. It looks like when it, it kind of happens when a company is on top, constantly applaud. Look what happens to Microsoft. Look what's happening to Apple when a company, a business is constantly on top, doesn't have real tie related competition, they start to not push the boundaries anymore. They start to not caring anymore about the user base. They start to like pushing sketchy stuff. Like in my opinion, Adobe monthly subscription is the worst thing ever. And yeah, so good sane and legit competition is, is perfect. It's gonna help both Affinity, Adobe to create better products and Affinity for Windows is gonna be released in a couple of months. You can sign up for a free beta and that's great because this product is completely free on beta. You're gonna receive mostly daily updates because their developers are pretty great and you can use it for free as far as it's in beta. Of course, it's not gonna be the most stable of releases, but if you cannot afford an Adobe subscription, if you don't like Sketch or you cannot have Sketch or you cannot work on Inkscape or other free vectors or other type of vectors and you're looking for sort of a professional level a professional level software that doesn't cost a fucking kidney, you can really like definitely point to Affinity Designer. Remaining on the topic of Adobe, let's talk a little bit about Adobe Experience Design. So <laughs> let me switch the screen because I need to I need you to see my face a lot. So Adobe Experience Design is super weird. It's the response, it's the direct response and kind of like small ripoff. I'm not saying they're similar, but they're similar to Sketch. And Sketch is a Mac OS only software, unfortunately, and it's great for web design and user experience design. So Sketch was built at the beginning as an illustrator competition, so like a vector graphic competition. A lot of users adapted Sketch to do just web design because the interface was really clean and really easy to use. So the developers of Sketch saw an opportunity in this specific field, user experience design and web design. They saw this opportunity in this field that Adobe didn't really touch it because when you design a website or when you used to design a website or when I used to design a website, I used to go first, I tried in Photoshop, but I noticed that if you do a pixel square on Photoshop and you wanna, oh no, this one is actually 300, instead of 300 pixels, it's 400 pixel or it's like 200 pixels, so you shrink it down, then you have to regrow, oh no, it's actually a, li a little bit more. The pixel rendering of Photoshop just destroys everything. So you have to work on vector. You have to work with shapes when you design a website. And shapes plus Photoshop equal shit. It's just so bad, it's just crappy. It's hard to, to use the shapes section in Photoshop wasn't really the best and I never, was able to wrap my head around all the best practices to use shape properly. So I switched to Illustrator and Illustrator was great. I liked the logic of different layers, different artboards of Illustrator. But the problem with Illustrator is that 
they decided to blow that shit out of the software. Now Illustrator has 3D options in it, it's painting options in it, and it's like the layering system of Illustrator was really great. Like I, I love the grouping system. Now it's terrible. It's really terrible. It's like it I think it's buggy. Like I experienced a lot of issues in Illustrator and I stopped using it, especially to do design for a website where you have to be super quickly and you shouldn't waste time on try to understand the interface of the software instead of trying to understand the interface of your website. So the interface of your software should be clean, out of the way, and just like you focus on your website. And with Illustrator, you cannot do that anymore. You, I used to do it, now it's pretty, it's pretty impossible. So I switched to Sketch, and based on some recent surveys, basically like 90% of the businesses and companies, even Google uses Sketch to do websites, and Adobe is, saw, is seeing a, a drop in purchases and subscriptions because it's not useful anymore for that specific field, web design and user experience design. So Adobe decided, okay, let's build a new program, a new project, a new software called Project Comet. And Project Comet, when they announced it, I was like, oh, this is great, this is amazing. First, direct competition to Sketch. So Sketch will be forced to push the boundaries and update itself. Second, Adobe realized, oh, maybe Photoshop and Illustrator are not the best for this specific field. So let's create a separated software that hopefully they're gonna maintain separated. They're not gonna try to integrate the Project Comet stuff inside Photoshop or vice versa. So I was really stoked. After a couple of months, maybe more, I don't remember, they released this Adobe Experience Design. And my first issue is with the name. Experience Design, it's, it's not, it's nothing. It's, <laughs> Experience Design is the field of design. It's, it's really weird calling Adobe Experience Design Calling a software experience design is like, I don't know, it doesn't really make sense because first, the entire software is not only for experience design, so it's really misleading. It's for UI design, it's for UX design, there are two completely different things, but anyway, it's for prototyping, it's not for experience design. It's really like, it bugs me a lot, this name, because it doesn't really make sense, but that's something apart. It's not really. It's not really important. Names can be changed, and they don't affect the quality of the software. The the other thing that I don't really like about the experience design, Adobe Experience Design, is that it's really basic. It's a really basic preview software, and I'm I'm looking forward to see what's gonna happen in the future. What will be and how the direct competition with Sketch will affect the development of Sketch. That sometimes recently it's kind of clunky, sometimes there are really some updates that they screwed up the compatibility with older files, or it's getting some like slower or weirder. But yeah, we'll see in the future. Moving on, let's go back to code. Let's talk about Let's stop talking about design for a bit. Let's go back to code. And that's a good news now. Uh, uh, Android, like Google, released the Android Studio 2. If you don't know what Android Studio 2, Android Studio 2 is uh, sweet. It's like Xcode, uh, Apple Xcode, 
but for Android. So you have these whole package pre-installed with all the dependencies and the entire IDE uh, code environment ready to go for you to build Android app, Android apps. And it's great, it has a built-in emulator, you can simulate your app in uh, like slower, older devices and you can keep track of bugging and it's great. Uh, you code in Java, of course, because that's the coding language of Android and you can code also in hybrid language if you want, languages if you want. If you're using Cordova or PhoneGap or another like Onsen UI, you can write in uh, JavaScript and the system will recognize it. You can run, of course, your package. Whatever framework you're using will have to convert in native language and send it to the emulator or your phone. But Android Studio was really basic until now and was in beta until now. Now they removed the beta and I, I understand why. It's pretty great. It's it's really has everything that you need to build a proper web, a proper native mobile application for Android and it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. You should definitely check it out. Of course, like everything Google does is free. So just download it, open it, just write some gibberish code or like download a pre-packaged or pre-existing coded app to load on your emulator and check how it works. The only problem that I have with Android Studio is that you have to install gigs and gigs of repositories in order to, to use it. And this behavior never really changed for anyone. <clears throat> Before to code Android apps, you were forced to kind of use Eclipse. Eclipse was another IDE, another code editor, and tweak Eclipse to download all the repositories for Android and maybe change the interface if you want. And Google released some plugins or extension for Eclipse as well, but it was like it's super heavy and you have to download a lot of gigs of extensions and libraries in order to. Uh, code Android apps and you have to do exactly the same for Xcode. I'm not saying that Android worse. It's it Everything is the same also for Windows. You have a software in order to build an app You have to download at least 10 gigs of repositories and that's I Don't know as a developer. I really love my machine to be as clean as possible with le with less repositories as possible and I don't want I don't want to load 10 gigs of libraries to release a 20 megabytes app. That's insane. And I shouldn't be forced to do it, especially how the, the developer works, how the developer world is recently. We're all on the go. We're all like, it's, it's not as common as it was before working in an office. Now we are like mobile. We work from home, we work in a coffee shop and we have smaller, smaller device. And unfortunately the space in these devices is not updated. We have 250 gigs of SSD in our devices. And if 10 gigs of those 250 are occupied by repositories, uh, that's, that's it's not good. In my opinion, it's not good. I know it's like, I'm, I'm kind of ranty about this stuff, but Android Studio 2 is great. You should check it out. If you have the space to download all the repositories and just like simulate some app, rerun it, 
It's just great. It's just amazing. We're going towards the right direction and it's way better than Eclipse. Eclipse was, was terrible. On a related news, we don't draw it. Google is considering to switch from J Java, the almighty language that was always used by Google to build applications, to Swift. That is the first open source code uh, coding language that Apple released to build OSX application, to build iOS application. Swift, it's a good language. It's really streamlined, streamlined, is really easy to use, way better than Objective-C. I don't know if you ever use Objective-C. It was just like shooting on your crotch. It's just like hammering your head and trying to understand that craziness of the language. It's just like... Oh my god, I prefer way better coding in C-sharp than Objective-C. Objective-C is just insane, so I'm glad that Apple is switching from Objective-C, is actually already switched from Objective-C to Swift, but this coding language is that good that Google is considering to adopt it for Android. I'm curious about, like, first, there are a lot of problems, like, first, Swift cannot natively run on Android. So Google, in order to adapt and to adapt Swift for Android, should create or should rebuild the entire framework or re rebuild the entire code of Android to accept Swift as a coding language or create a bridge to convert or connect Swift to Java, like convert Swift to Java or bridge Swift to the Android core functionalities. So it's not going to be something super quick, but probably it's going to happen. Or maybe Google will release a new coding language different from Java, different from Java to build Android app and different from Swift, probably similar to Swift, but it's going to be an open source language from Google. So I'm, I'm curious about that. It's going to be interesting. No matter what's going to happen, it's always good having uh, competition and having new stuff. I'm just a little bit worried about the amount of coding languages that we are seeing recently. Like, well, that's pretty much it for this entire episode. And this was a new experiment, as I said. And let me know if you liked it, if you want me to do something different, if you want me to do maybe something better. I will try to do something better. I always try to do something better. But yeah, this was the first experiment of a video type of podcast. I'm going to release this on SoundCloud as well because I'm trying to describe what I'm seeing. So hopefully it's going to work as a podcast as well, but not sure. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you don't understand shit. But anyway, from the next Nerd Continuity, I would like to have a quick small section where I chat with one of you guys. So if you want to participate on the Nerd Continuity about a topic that you really care, for example, like your personal experience or a design trend of 2016 or your personal development experience, web design, graphic, art experience, or just like photography, whatever related to your personal life, if you want to share it, and you want to give an advice or a hint to the audience, to yourself. If you want to participate, just you can write me on my Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash page with 3D, alicat page. 
you can like my page, follow my page and write me a direct message there. I answer every time to everyone. If you want to participate, you have to do just two things. First, write me on Facebook with a topic that you want to discuss. Maybe share the link or if your personal topic, just write a document and send me the document. And second, you have to have a good microphone. A microphone that could be used to have a good audio system. So, and, uh, I don't know, AT2020, a uh, Blue Yeti or a condenser microphone, whatever. It, it's, as far as as far as you don't use the built-in micros of the computer because it's gonna be really crappy. We need a little bit of quality. I'm not saying that my podcast is a super amazing audio quality, but probably is better than average or I hope. Anyway, it's pretty much it for this episode of the Nerd Continuity. Thank you guys for checking this video or checking this podcast if you're listening to this on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or whatever. Uh, Please subscribe, leave a comment below, check all the links that I'm sharing in the description, give it a thumbs up, likes it, share it, and give me your support with a lot of internet hugs. Thank you again guys for checking this video or this audio, I don't even really know how to conclude this stuff, but it's all for today, so happy nerding everyone, and catch you next week.